It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, here with you three days a week throughout the month of June. Now we're getting close to July, and news just coming in. First couple weeks, we will be still doing only three episodes, but at the end of the month, the last two months, last two weeks of July, rather, we will be doing daily episodes leading into training camp where it will be well, back in full season mode. So we'll be doing five days, Monday through Friday, once again, once we get to the end of July, starting on July 19th. So anyone who's been mad that I've only been doing three episodes, going to get back to doing five episodes a week at the end of July. So get ready for that. But for me, right now, and for you guys, going to give you a two-parter. Going to start off with part one today. You're going to get part two tomorrow. I have an opportunity to sit down with Mick Mixon, the play-by-play voice for the Carolina Panthers going to be retiring after, what, 17 seasons that will be here at the end of 2021 as the voice of the Carolina Panthers. Now, this is not a lot of Panthers talk in this, but it is a Panthers figure and dignitary, so to say. But Mick, I talked a lot about his family, his upbringing, his time at Carolina, his path to the Carolina Panthers, why he decided not to go back to Chapel Hill after Woody Durham retired to be the voice of the Tar Heels and why he felt like he had more to give to former owner for the Carolina Panthers, Jerry Richardson, and his entire organization. So starting on right now, my interview, part one of it, with Mick Mixon of the Carolina Panthers. All right, as promised and super excited for this interview, now joining me, the voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon. Mick, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. I'm honored to be on your show. You and I, we go back a little bit, do we not? A little bit. You know what? The first time I ever met you, Mick, I don't know if you remember this, I was doing the Keller Radio Talent Institute up at Appalachian State. I'm not an Appalachian State alum. I went to Elon. And I came down there with Dan Valley Hill for the day. We were doing a kind of tour around Charlotte. We checked out the Speedway, which I'd been to a number of years growing up and actually now work at NASCAR. Um, we went over to, I guess, the then Bobcats Arena, I want to say. It was that long ago. And then we also stopped by Bank of America Stadium to talk to you as we were all kind of getting the aspirations of being in radio. We kind of had the sports talk radio day. And that was an important day for me because, as you can see, doing a sports podcast and I used to work at WFNZ where we also crossed paths I was actually the first time I got to meet you which was a cool day for me as someone whose parents went to Carolina my dad grew up in Chapel Hill our family has a restaurant there you might have heard of it Mama Dips so yes so we're big Tar Heels and to speak to someone who used to be a part of the Tar Heel network with of course the legendary Woody Durham was a really cool moment for me. So it is good to finally sit down with you again. I feel like it's been a long time, especially with the pandemic kind of 
keeping us all apart for the last year plus. And my part was the best part, right? Better than the NASCAR, than the Bobcats and all that. Of course, of course. Not, well, you just fake it since I'm no, on podcast I, make me feel good. I thought it was. I thought it was. And it's, I mean, look, I, I grew up going to Bank America Stadium with my dad. So it's always special to be in that building. And it's not every day that you get to kind of sit down and speak to someone who gets to be the voice of a team. And I feel like you probably understand this better than anyone, just knowing what you used to do back with Carolina. I think in college athletics especially, the person who is the radio voice for that university, they're not just the radio voice. I mean, they are kind of just the uh, – they're like one of the pillars, one of the out the forward-facing people of the university. And like Woody Durham was for Carolina. You've been there for the Carolina Panthers for the past 16 years. Now going to be the 17th year doing that. Just your insights and just what it means to you to have been the voice of the North, for not just for North Carolina, but for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, gosh, Julian. Well, back to the Keller thing for one hot second. I used to scan the audience when the, you students would come in and I would look around. My radar would be on full alert for who's going to try to take my job one day and then who <laughs> has the gravitas and the talent to do it. So I remember you well. I remember thinking, all right, I got to watch out for this Julian Council because he could be coming for me one day. But, uh, yeah, your family's legendary, and it's just great to be on your show. I think, as I've I told Darren Gant and a few others who've been nice enough to inquire, all I ever wanted to be growing up was a sports broadcaster. And I get just as excited. I used to get just as fired up broadcasting high school football dirt track, car racing, amateur boxing, church league softball, junior midget, peewee football, didn't matter. Uh, it, uh, the game is the thing, and I feel the same way about the NFL. And so journalism's great. I mean, it's an awesome profession, but to be tethered to a mothership, to have the Carolina Panthers put their faith and trust in me enough to represent them on the air in the community at different uh, speaking engagements and things that pop up, other than convincing Dawn Elizabeth Thomas to add my last name to hers, it's been the great honor of my life. I have adored it. I've loved every second of it. In my view, it's, there, it's not the only way to be sustainably wealthy, but a good way is to have something you love to do and then do it for your, have your avocation be your vocation. And so I'm not trying to get away from anything because I've loved this gig, but I do want to get to something while I'm still young enough to enjoy it. And that'll be that farm life after this season yeah it's interesting you're 62 years old right now mick which is not old by a uh, modern medicine terms and you look great um but a lot of times in your profession guys like to stick around until their late 70s they like to hang on for a long time i feel like broadcasters are, are a lot like coaches where you see a lot of coaches like stick around until just forever and here recently in the state of North Carolina, you saw Roy Williams finally retire. Now Mike Krzyzewski going to stick around for one more season and he's going to leave Duke. Is, is that – so for why, why are you deciding to leave relatively young age for still a broadcaster when you probably could still do another decade if you wanted to? I love music. People who know me know that I love music a lot and play drums in some cover bands over the years. I'm the original drummer for the, and I started the band called Break, Wind, and Fire. You're too young to remember, but we burst across the music scene with some fanfare in the 90s and then dissipated fairly quickly when our bass player 
Ned the Grateful Ned Collette moved to Florida. Also played in the Franklin Street Band where I met my wife. And then I had another band in Charlotte called Mick and the Ultras. But Julian, one of the first rules of cover band physics, it's a law of cover band physics, is you don't overplay. You want to leave them wanting more, hopefully. Far better to have a semi-intoxicated group of of, of, of concert attendees hollering <laughs> at you, one more song, one more song, Brown Eyed Girl, Margaritaville, Mustang Sally. You much prefer that than to have the manager come over and point at his watch and give you the, you, y'all are supposed to be playing 20, stop playing 20 minutes ago. So that's not my whole motivation, but it's a small part. And I never, I've never been one of those guys that wanted to, to stay on too long. Nothing against cats that do. I've talked to some of my colleagues, Brad Sham, voice of the Dallas Cowboys. I love Brad. I talked to him a few years ago. Quick pause and then more with McMixon on the other side. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so as you can hear, there's something going on in the background. There was a guy in his truck pulling into Mick's driveway who came to Mick's door And as dogs do, when someone's at the door, they lose their ever-loving mind. So Mick had to go tend to that for a second. So bear with me as we'll continue the conversation right now. All right, folks, just let me bring you behind the curtain for a moment. Uh, So Mick is giving me a great story about how he's getting the band back together. That's kind of where I felt like things were going. And there was another man in his driveway. And we're doing this virtually over video. And I can see behind you, Mick, in your – like that – that window that I could see the reflection of some white pickup truck going into your driveway. So I was like, he's probably going to have to deal with that. And if he has a dog, that dog's probably going to go nuts if someone's at his door, which of course is what happened. We just violated every rule of the, how you want to do an interview. And it was totally my fault, not yours, but I appreciate you hanging in there with me, Julian. But yeah, uh, I guess people are hopefully used to it now with the COVID and the zoom and the podcast era where, Dogs and kids and interruptions are not as not as much of a moral capital offense as they used to be. But I was telling you about Brad Sham, the voice of the Dallas Cowboys. When I was thinking, because I've been thinking for several years, once I got into my 50s, I started thinking, all right, what? how much runway do I need to land this thing and when do I want to do it? And so I talked to Brad. I love Brad Sham. He, uh, I said, Brad, how much longer are you going to work? 
And he says, until they pry the microphone out of my cold, dead, stiff fingers. <laughs> and I wow. thought, that is not going to be me. I mean, that's fine for some guys, but I want to I wanna pass it along to someone else and leave enough time for me to uh, be on my tractor and listen to that person call the games and root for the Panthers. I appreciate Brad saying that. Like, I kind of understand in a way, like, it's the Dallas Cowboys. That is one of the legacy brands in the National Football League. And that's not to sell short our Carolina Panthers. Like, I'm a Charlotte kid. I love the Panthers. I know what they mean to a lot of people in our community and across the Carolinas. Like, great organization. I could see it being a little bit different for someone who gets a call for the Dallas Cowboys, quote unquote, America's team, as I don't ever, I've never bought into that kind of philosophy. But let's kind of go back to the beginning. Now, Okay, I'm looking at your Wikipedia page earlier. I've been told to not always believe everything you see on the internet. Your full name, according to Wikipedia, your page is Forrest Orion Mixon III. Is that correct? That is correct. Please give me some background on have the middle name Orion. Because the only time I ever know about Orion is Orion's belt out in the solar system in our galaxy Please, can you give me any sort of background? Because you're the third. So this is not just the first time this has happened. This is a family name. Please give me background on how you came to become Forrest Orion Mixon III, better known as Mick Mixon, of course. I'll try. I don't know a lot or that it'd be very interesting. Fortunately, I'm sure for most listeners, it's the, there's not a lot I'm going to be able to say about it, but my dad, I'm the son of an engineer. My dad was a chemist, chemical engineer. His dad was a Baptist minister. His mom was a Baptist minister. His mom, my grandmother, was going to medical school, which was very unusual for a woman back in the 1930s. She dropped out of medical school to go into the seminary and then have a couple of children, my dad being one of them. So uh, Forrest Orion Mixon Jr. was my dad. Forrest Orion Mixon Sr. was his dad. One time, Julian, I'm interviewing at halftime of a Tar Heel game years ago, Bones McKinney, legendary former Wake Forest University basketball coach. Bones McKinney was also a Baptist minister. So about 45 seconds before the interview was to begin, Horace Bones McKinney taps me on the leg. I pry my headphones loose and lean into him, and he says, son, I knew your granddaddy. I preached with him, and he was a hell of a man and a damn fine order. And I could have just about started crying when Bones McKinney told me that. My dad's dad died when my father was in college, so I never knew his dad. And I didn't know my own father all that well. He died very young at age 57, and I was 29, just kind of getting going and didn't have the maturity to really try to circle back and learn some of the things that my dad was trying to teach me. But when Bones McKinney said that, it meant a lot to me. And so everybody's got a name like the Jim Croce song says. Try to carry it proudly like your dad did and move on down the highway and see where things take you. But if people, anybody that calls me Forrest or Mickey or F.O. or Forrest Orion, I know that I've known him for a long time. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So how did you come to have your nickname Mick then? Oh, my mom gave it to me. My mom was an artist, a singer, a dancer. She could do paint pictures, do impressions. She thought she was mad at Bette Midler and Carol Burnett and people like that because she thought she should have been them. 
And these uh, stars treated her out of the rightful place, her name and lights and her handprint and the Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame that she should have been uh, treated to. But not that she had that kind of talent, but she didn't let uh, the fact that she might not have stopped her from believing in herself. And she just named me Mick or Mickey when I was born to, to differentiate me from my dad. So uh, I was called, I call, I was called Mickey, Mickey Mixon. That was my name and all through school and through college. But when I got out of college and got my, what would be my second job, this newscaster, news director who combined the testosterone of George Patton and, 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 and Vince Lombardi and people like that all rolled into one. He called me in his office one day and he says, Mickey Mixon is dead. Too young, sounds like a kid, and I shouldn't have hired you anyway. From now on, you call yourself Mick. Now get out of here. So that was a big shock to me, but I got, I guess I got used to it over time because I wanted to stay employed. <laughs> oh my, I love that. So are you born and raised Chapel Hill? Born in Wilmington, Delaware. Moved to Chapel Hill when I was two and a half. My dad got a job at uh, with the Research Triangle Institute, and so I grew up in Chapel Hill. And and but I was never a UNC fan. I grew up a Duke and an NC State and a Wake Forest fan. More of McMixon in just a moment. Guys, been telling you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever, and Built Bar now has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. And I've told you about these flavors, and I tell you about them all the time: coconut, coconut almond, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. They're soft and easy to chew, and covered it in 100% chocolate. And one of the cool things about Built Bar is, if you don't want to just get one flavor, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. That's 18 bars. That's two of each, which is awesome. So go out there and do that when you go to BuiltBar.com. And here's a cool thing about Built Bar as well, guys. They're really healthy for you. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers and makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save the time and money while using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliable for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Okay, so hold on there. Hold on there. Mick, so... You were, what year to age yourself? I mean, I can't the math. Let's see, you're 62. Let me pull up my calculator real quick. Cause I just, I'm trying to understand what period of time was going on here that might have been possible for you to live in Chapel Hill and be so to and to be a fan of the other three of the Big Four and not your hometown, North Carolina. So 59. My dad was born in 57 or 53. My mom. Well, I guess I can't. I can't say my mom's age, but my dad was born in 53. So. He, he, he grew up there as a, as a Tar Heel as well in Chapel Hill, but not like you. So this early 70s, though, 
right when Dean Smith had those Billy Cunningham teams, that should have been the formative years for you to want to be a Tar Heel fan. But instead, were you a fan of what was going on down at NC State with, um, of course, the the greatest player in David ACC basketball, David Thompson, and them winning in 74? Did you like the, uh, the, 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 the jacket that Norm Sloan wore at North Carolina State? Was that what it was? A little. Um, a lot of it for me, Julian, was every kid growing up in Chapel Hill, every kid's a UNC fan. And I don't yeah. know, I just thought it was kind of cool to be different. My dad went to state and and had taken some of his chemical engineering training there. And so I heard more about state growing up and he called it state college. So, uh, you know, those teams, that Monty Tao, Tim Stoddard, uh, Tom Burleson, David mm-hmm. Thompson, some of those NC State teams were hard not to follow. I was just an ACC guy, but it just UNC was just you just get bombarded with it. It was just in your face and Dean Smith and all when you grew up in Chapel Hill. So I just kind of wanted to be different. I loved Duke had a guard out of Pennsylvania named Dick DiVenzio. Mm-hmm. Dick DiVenzio passed away from cancer way way too early, but he was extremely smart. And one of the early, you know, we look at Jay Billis now as one of the people, really bright people to hold, try to hold the NCAA accountable for some of their practices. Dick DiVenzio rode that horse as long as he could until he got sick. And then Jay Billis has, has kind of thrown a leg over it and done good things as well. But I love Dick DiVenzio and I tried to handle the ball like him, a little peppery, you know, point guard, good passer and play good D. And I only wrote I've only written two letters, two fan letters in my life. I wrote Red Skelton uh, out in uh, Culver City, California, because I love the Red Skelton show. Never heard anything from him. Never heard back. And I wrote to Dick DiVenzio and told him that I admired the way he conducted himself. And he wrote me back and sent me an autographed picture of himself. I liked the Wake teams. I liked how the, the esprit de corps that a small school like Wake seemed to conduct itself. But I wanted to study journalism, and UNC had that program, so I applied there and, and somehow or another got, uh, got in and went to school there. And once you go to school there, then, you're, then you love it and you have a great yeah. time. You're all in. Was your, your dad – I guess it makes sense, yeah, if he's an engineer. I mean, if you're going to be an engineer in the state of North Carolina, you're either going to North Carolina State or you're going to North Carolina A&T. Um, so was he heartbroken when his boy became a Tar Heel? Good God, no. He didn't care. <laughs> he didn't? He, okay. <laughs> uh, I, no, he didn't. I tell people that um, I didn't grow up in the Great Depression, but my dad tried to simulate it as best he could at 2313 Honeysuckle Road. And he didn't care. I think he looked at me through a lot of my young adulthood and adolescence as if he was fairly sure I was not of him. That something went on. Somehow or another, somebody else got in there and um, and – and certainly it was not his genetic material that caused me to be so left-handed and so nearsighted and so smart alecky and so procrastinating and so, so verbal because he man of very few words. A lot of times I felt like I was being parented by Socrates. And I thought many, many times, why do I have to have such a nutty dad? And of course I'd give anything to go back and, have him ask me some of those pointed questions and converse with him, but that's kind of how life is. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's super interesting to hear. I mean, your, your dad sounds like a fascinating man, honestly. 
So you go to you go to Carolina, you graduate in in eighty. How soon on campus were you getting involved, kind of with radio? Because was that okay. kind of um, ever since I was before that, I was in high school. Okay, and this will shock you, but I was not the alpha male, uh, star-studded linebacker on the Chapel Hill High School or the Gabby Phillips Junior High School football teams. No, you weren't so, leading the Tigers of victory on Friday nights. No, 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 I was in the press box. Press box was much safer. So, uh, but I worked in high school at this little. Uh, we had a little radio show called Ins and Outs. So I was the sports guy on Ins and Outs, and and that nerdy pain in the rear end kid that carried a notepad around and a tape recorder and a camera and a microphone and interviewed people and, and tried to write stories. And, and I worked at the local radio station. I rode my bike down there. I started working there when I was 15 and I didn't have a driver's license. So I would ride my bike to work. Parents would not let their kids do that. Now too dangerous. No. All hours of the night, ride my bike in the dark to work the graveyard shift at a local radio station. But it was where I wanted to be. Julian, the lights, the, sounds the smells of a radio station just were an intoxicating place and i loved it and long before i got to even be on the air doing anything other than a you know the high school radio show and a few sports reports i just i loved hanging out at wchl radio wchl and still going strong there in chapel hill as well flagship station of the tar heels down there in chapel hill did you have a relationship with woody durham when you were in school no, not really. I admired Woody and an immense talent. And, you know, back then, Wally Osley was the voice of the Wolfpack. Bob Harris was pretty new doing the Duke games. Woody was entrenched at UNC, having followed a great announcer named Bill Curry. Bill Curry was funny and uh, homespun really down to earth, uh, just a kind of folksy broadcaster. And Woody was more jaw set, a little more serious, very, very gifted, of course, but a different style than Bill Curry. And I loved how Woody came in and just decided, I don't know if he knew how to, knew to do this or, or whether he fell into it, but something about Woody, he knew that you can't out Bill Curry, Bill Curry. That's a one-off Robin Williams kind of a wit and, and just, just have to let that be what it was and then do the games your own way. And that's what Woody did. Uh, I was just that kid running the board at WCHL. So I would see him come and go and kind of, Woody then to me appeared to be like a mythical uh, uh, figure, like a Godzilla big beast that crushed small children and animals when he stepped into the radio station and, and ate, bit the heads off of little small animals for breakfast and lunch. He was such a big personality, full of bombast and confidence. But I didn't know until later when I got to work with him that that was just camouflage, that inside of that was a very sensitive individual that cared a lot about the people around him and about uh, the pride he took in his job. Great stuff from Mick Mixon. You're going to hear part two tomorrow right here on Locked On Panthers, hosted by me, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also check us out on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me. On Twitter, at Julian Council, where usually on Fridays we do our weekly Friday mailbag. I'm going on vacation, so we will not have that this week, as I will not be near my phone, near a computer, near a mic, 
any of that kind of stuff. So you're only getting McMixon this week. I'm sorry if you wanted, if you asked me any questions, but go ahead, start filling up my DMs, my mailbox rock now, so I can go ahead and get to those next Friday as we will be back doing our weekly Friday mailbag. So again, thank you guys so much for listening and stay tuned for part two with McMixon, the play-by-play voice of the Carolina Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.